Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Wild Chats, your home for everything animals. I am Ryan. That's Maria. And uh, today, Maria, we're going to do uh, we're going to do a little bit of parenting. Ooh, well, okay. We're not going to do the parenting. We're going to watch how some others do some parenting. Um, and the beauty is, I know that uh, in in your past on some uh, one of the other channels you were doing, you had done a video on animal parents. Yes. So, uh, basically, I'm just going to take this episode off. You go for it. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to being born. <laughs> um. So. In your research, and again, that was a long time ago, so I don't expect you to remember everything, or just from your personal experience, who do you think some of the best parents are in the uh, in the animal kingdom? Uh, usually, ma- so I'm going to group them a little bit, and then I'll give you the final answer. Okay. But if you think of mammals, they tend to be very good parents. Okay. Now, when you talk about seals, for example, certain species of seals are more protective than others. Like there are some seals that are literally they feed their baby and then they leave. That's it. Okay. Until the baby. But there are others that actually train their baby like I'm here. I am not. I am here. Then I'm not for a longer time. And that's how they train their their cub. But the one that impresses me the most, just because it's so creepy, it's crocodiles. Okay. Okay. Because you will think that a, such a cold-blooded animal and with such bad stigma will be more easily uh, dismissive of their young, okay. like turtles would. Like you will almost pair a turtle with an alligator, a crocodile, and they're completely different. I've seen that. It doesn't go well when you pair a crocodile and a turtle. It it doesn't go well. But go ahead. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay so why would you pick crocodiles though just because of the stigma they have so they're still against type that you're like they're actually really good parents and what makes them impressive is nobody thinks they're good parents no one expects them to be good parents okay and they hide them in their in their mouth and and they let them jump on their backs and to me it's just so beautiful to be shatter of the stigmas so the stigma shattering to me is so fun okay okay um if you guys recall uh a couple episodes ago we uh we had done uh we did a video on crocodiles and birds there was actually a clip in that i didn't get to use (gasps) i picked crocodile which she didn't do on purpose (laughs) Now I get to use it. <laughs> no wonder your eyes lit up when I was talking about crocodile. You're like, where is she going with this? Like, you can just see it on your face. Where is she going with this long explanation of critters and then all of a sudden end up a crocodile? <laughs> I hadn't quite figured out where I was going to use it. Then you walked me you walked me right into it. Um, so basically, it's interesting because crocodiles, they have to leave their young in order to go hunt. They can't bring them with them. Or they have to leave their nests in order to go hunt and get food for themselves to be able to come back. So just like any animal that fits that category, your eggs are then subject to any other animal that might come along, which is why a lot of reptiles lay a lot of eggs to kind of make up for the difference. Um, 
but there is a uh, the Nile crocodile. There's a bird called the uh, what is it? The decup. The decup bird, and basically, crocodiles intentionally lay their eggs near decup bird nests because uh, lizards will eat the crocodile eggs. But while the decup birds, they parent in twos. So while they're protecting their eggs, they actually will protect the crocodile. Inadvertently. Also. So essentially the crocodile. Seeps agree. What's that? Seeps agree. <laughs> so basically the crocodile has a built-in babysitter if they lay their eggs near these decup bird nests. How cool is that? Uh-huh. And, uh, and then basically the birds protect the nest. And then if they get a little outclassed by the lizard, they have a call that they use to call the crocodile. Like, hey, you need to get back to your eggs. Um, so this was a very interesting <clears throat> clip. So you get the crocodile who is nesting and then it goes off to hunt. And then you get these lizards that basically- Look how big that lizard is. They're not tiny, which is what makes no. the birds even more impressive. Because the birds aren't very big either. Um, but basically, in having the built-in babysitter, as it starts to dig for the eggs, the birds will come out of their nest. Oh. And actually, kind of like we saw with the cranes and the crocodile in the video I was talking about, they uh -huh. raise their wings to steer them away. Yeah. Protective signal. Yep. To look uh -huh. bigger. And then if the one gets in trouble, it's nestmate, I guess, will leave their eggs and actually go help herd the lizard away. Look how they do it. Look how beautiful. It's like they have a synchronized dance. Yep, exactly. And then that's the call to call the croc back to let him know that a lizard's near its nest. I wonder what the, what the birds get out of it too, because there is usually a reason why there is an interaction. And again, it's been a very interesting theme lately to have the symbiotic, like talk about symbiotic relationships. And mm -hmm. I will really enjoy, and, and if any of you know, any of you who may be a, a behavior biologist or anything like that, why would the two of them um, work together? And it could be because of the protection uh, in numbers. So I better, better in numbers. Well, because the lizard's so much bigger than the bird also, I think in forming that partnership, when the crocodile isn't hunting, the lizard's not coming anywhere near that territory. Exactly. So birds don't even have to worry about defending when the crocodile's around and then when it is. So there's this kind of unspoken, all right, when you're away, we'll help protect your eggs because when you're here, we don't have to do anything because that, that lizard isn't coming out of his burrow to come hunting for eggs, ours or yours, if you're still, if you're here. That is... That is to me so fascinating how mm -hmm. two completely unique species can benefit from one another. And, and I love that because I know it is in their DNA. It is in their, in their programming of, of survival because they want their, they want to become immortal. And the way you become immortal is by, by having, you know, children and, and having descendants. So, but to me, it's just so amazing how, how this also is part of that evolution and that part of adaptation to, to the environment. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and who was the first i would love i would love to know like oh this started happening in whatever age or 100 years ago 10 years ago it could be fun to see if he had something to do with the area or if it's something that normally happens yeah, I don't. Uh, unfortunately, the the limited information I have is basically what came from the video, and I just know it's the decup birds and the Nile crocodile. So if you want to look it up and get more information on the interaction, but it is very rare. That's, That's why it was brought up because crocs usually eat birds. So to employ a bird to protect its nest, um, yeah, it was it was pretty interesting. But um, I also love, um, if you don't mind me getting a little bit of the subject when it comes to. Actually, in the subject, but spiders uh, have um, pets, like yeah. little frogs, because the frogs will not necessarily eat the spider eggs, but it will eat the critters that want to hunt the spider eggs. Mm -hmm. So they usually have a big tarantula-looking spider with a tiny, tiny little green frog, and they, you know, they have another relationship to protect their descendants. Mm -hmm. And and also gopher turtles allow for other critters to come in because again they protect each other in in a way to to allow for an, again genetic growth down the line. Even different species. I mean, it's 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 nature to kind of protect your tribe. I mean, human beings took dogs as pets because having a wolf around the campfire when you're sleeping with the better hearing and the better eyesight at night allowed you that extra sense of security and defense uh, to protect you and your family. So it's it's not unheard of for different species to take care of one another, another if it's in their best interest. I love it. Yeah. I love it because whether it is for your own personal gain, it doesn't matter because they all gain. So it's yeah. a super win-win situation. So yeah, you could say, well, animals do it because it's selfish. It's really personal perceived as selfish but it's not because if i'm helping you you're helping me then it is a good it is a good work it's a good business yeah it just depends i think as with most things in life it's your perception you can look at any one situation and if you want to take it for one side you can easily explain it this way and the other side you can explain it that way and just like the old saying like there's there's three sides to every story you know his hers and the truth I mean, everybody's got their own angle on stuff, so. I was gonna say three sides to a coin. Three, no, there's only have two two sides. Just, well, just two. It's the edge, the edge. Yeah, that adds yeah. volume. Good luck trying to flip it and land it on that side. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can uh, spin it. <laughs> you could, you could, or you could get a dreidel. Or there's a lot of other things that are much easier to spin, but hey, whatever works for you. So Ryan, I have a question for you. Okay. Who you do you think is the best parent? Like I came with it because of stigmas that are broken, but who would you consider? And again, we're not 100% like knowledgeable on every critter. This is based on what we know, which is very limited, but again, go for it. Okay, so when I thought of asking you this question, again, I always like to break things down. I like to put myself on other people's shoes and then I like to break things down. And I went, okay, well, if we're gonna define best parent, I mean, you almost have to even look at humans. What really is a, you got to look at what's the best parenting style. Because I can argue that the parent that leaves the kid alone to fend for himself and learn how to survive and take their knocks is the better parent by just not doing anything. I don't personally believe that, but I think you can make an argument for kind of get it done and, and hopefully it works out for you. See you later, kid. Um, <laughs> animal You're six months old. Bye. 
sea turtles, they come, they lay their eggs, and then they're like, hey, good luck. Uh, maybe I'll see you when you come back to the beach. Since we all come back to the beach that we were born on, I might see you in passing and, and wave a flipper at you. But that's the extent of, of the parenting of a sea turtle. And then you get animals that are just very, I mean, you hear so many times of animals that'll care for other animals. Like if a duck, like I, there's a video that we'll see later in another uh, video, but basically somebody had rescued ducks and they released these ducks onto the pond, like baby ducklings and a duck within five seconds swam over to this group of ducklings and basically let them off and was like, I'm your new parent. Here you go. I mean, it's, it was instantaneous. Um, ducks are, dogs are known for doing stuff like that. Like they want to have a boatload of children. I don't understand why, but I think it's adorable. I mean, usually when animals have a lot of children, it's just because within that species, they get picked off. Like you have, it's through evolution, you have more children, the more they're going to die off. Crocodiles yeah. lay a lot of eggs because a lot of them get eaten by lizards. So it's just a, it's a numbers game at a certain point. It really is. I mean, it is a scientific, uh, I remember they call it the K value. It's the only thing I remember from taking a biology degree. <laughs> and it has to do with that. that alone. <laughs> I'm still paying, <laughs> but uh, no, a story. But uh, but it is true. There is there is a uh, things that produce animals and plants that produce a lot. They tend to be less responsive to the growth of their youngsters than animals that have to invest a lot of time caring for them. Like a rhinoceros, yes, it may be able to like a white rhinoceros. They may be able to walk within a few minutes, but they still take a long time to be weaned. Yeah, That's some why they only have one. Yeah, some animals come out ready to roll, and other animals, even though they're born, they can't. I mean, look at a human baby. At what age, if it really, really had to, I mean, we can go jungle book style and like children raised by wild animal story you hear all over the place and i know that's another video that you industrial revolution time also because they were working at the age of four yeah but but like at what age do you think a human baby if it had to in the wild could actually survive like seven maybe like there's there's over five years where a human baby has to be cared for it will not survive exactly a lot of animals that are like that and they're such a disadvantage because then the parents are caught doing that opposed to other things they need to do. So I know I kind of danced my way around the question, but I part of the reason I did it is I really want in the comments for you guys to, to tell us what do you think makes the best parent for the animal world? Someone that's very yes, involved. Yes, of course, this is animal world. Somebody that just drops their kids off and takes off. Somebody that, like, I think it's a big disadvantage for the animals that they're born and then they still have to be cared for for several years. Yeah, I know that's being a, it's kind of being a good parent, but it's kind of a requirement because if you don't take care of them, they won't survive. Yeah, because again, if you want your genetics to if you want to be immortal, you have to protect for you have to protect that one critter that is causing you to become immortal, basically. And I think that's why I kind of lean more towards maybe like orcas and whales because their children are born and they're ready to go for the most part. They need to learn how to hunt and they're teaching them skills, but they don't technically have to be there past, a, you know, the weaning period of, of milk and stuff like that. Then it's just parenting because they want to parent. They want to make sure that they have the skills that they need in the world. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's, to me, what makes a good 
parrot in general is you're teaching skills and necessities for them to survive. Mm -hmm. uh, so I don't give like elephants and some animals credit as much because it's like, well, you took care of them for the first five years because if you didn't, they'd die. So it's it's a biological imperative that you do it. Um, yeah, but it's also nice when, when talking about elephants, um, they also have such an amazing community and this family structure is so great because the young females will take care of the elephants, of the babies, like they have like nurseries so yeah. that the mothers can go and eat and feed and be okay, which also helps them when they have their own babies to be able to do that. So it is a very reciprocal. And I just love how an animal will come up to developing that, which is above and beyond what's expected of them. Because other species are like, yeah, I have to raise this child alone. And like when you think yeah. of whales, they're on their own. But then when you think of orcas, which is not a whale, it's a cetacean, it's from the dolphin family, how their structure. And that's what makes orcas the most dangerous animal in the ocean. And you see that too. I mean, you hear stories of, of orca pods or, or whale pods, like adopting uh, other animals that were discarded and, and stuff like that. I mean, you I can't think of the exact story, but there was a mutated uh, whale of some sort that I think it was a beluga that ended up getting adopted by like blue whales or something like that. Cause there was something wrong with the beluga whale with its fin or something like that. But the, the blue whale pod just adopted it and it became uh, part of that group. Um, but you're right. I mean, Lion prides do that, uh, monkeys do that, where you get that communal uh, family raising. But again, that's that's kind of human style. That's everybody looks out for everybody's kids because we need population to survive. If there's only 10 it of us. It takes a village. Kid, yep, it takes a village, but it takes one and it's also necessary all at the same time. So Yeah, but I want to go a little further with that, if you don't mind. Um, okay. Monkeys in particular are extremely amazing animals. Not only are they smart, they're agile, all that stuff, but they also go above and beyond having pets. Like it is incredible that they will adopt a dog. Now, there are two ways to look at it. It's like, oh, look how cute they adopted a puppy so they have someone to play with, which mm -hmm. they do. And they yeah. actually feed the dog as part of the family. Yeah. But the reason behind it is the dog just like we humans did with wolves, is there to help us for protection. Yeah. I mean, they're just copying us. We've, we've already told that story. Monkey, <laughs> monkey adopts canine for protection. We did this one already. <laughs> but no, you're right. It is, it's pretty cool, too, to see that evolution because you, I mean, there's just a direct example of like, well, we're not sure the evolution, this, that, and this story. It's like, no, monkeys adopt dogs for protection it's a pretty easy leap to say that Cro-Magnon or some of our, our ancient ancestors adopted wolves for that. Yeah, and you go back in the fossil record, that's one of the, there's certain things in history or the fossil record that keep getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And that's one of them is humans adopted wolves for protection and pets. Every, I mean, I read an article once a year where it was like, oh, we thought it was now, but it was much earlier than we thought it was. Oh, wait, it was much earlier than that. Um, it's such, a, it's no wonder that humans and dogs connect because there's something in that connection that's just been around since, you know, I don't know how long after we were walking on two legs, but it seems like, I feel like 20 years from now, if somebody said like Australopithecus had like a pet wolf, I would be like, eh, I believe it. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> not that there were any wolves in Africa. I mean, you had to move to a region, but if it was shortly thereafter, whenever Australopithecus or Cro-Magnon or whatever Neanderthals moved into a region with wolves, and that pairing became a partnership almost immediately in terms of history, we could be talking of about you know, 500,000 a year, whatever it is. Um, mm -hmm. But that would not shock me at all. And that is one of those things that keeps getting pushed back. And to your point, yeah, it's that even monkeys are adopting dogs for protection and feeding them. And and even speaking of, because we, we the Homo sapien, we're not the only human. I mean, there was an era uh, during the Ice Age where we were with the Neardentals, with the Homo erectus and mm -hmm. different different species of humans. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just so fascinating because it makes you wonder who developed faster and better. And I will have to say the Homo sapiens was stronger and larger, therefore probably adopted dogs faster. And that's why they succeeded in basically eradicating the other humans that existed at that time. And it will be just interesting to to be able to understand all that. And as science evolves and more discoveries occur, we will be able to see all that and get a real grip of how mm -hmm. the Homo sapiens became the dominant of all the humans you know, that yeah. existed. A lot of it was climate too, though, because Neanderthal was built more for winter and cold weather. So as the planet changed and the climate changed, who used to be, you know, if you're coming out- and that's the thing. A lot of the species came out of Africa and just spread in waves. So Neanderthal mm -hmm. adapted to that cold weather. But then the other ones that stayed in Africa didn't evolve that way. So when they started moving into Europe, all of a sudden they were better adapted because it wasn't cold anymore. Now the Neanderthals weren't adapted in a way. So I know that was a big part of it, too. Mm -hmm. um, but today, now that we're... <laughs> We're 22 minutes in, Mark, and I only showed the one clip that I didn't even mean to show, which is all. <laughs> but it just spurs such a nice conversation. Yeah, though. No, I love these. These are the episodes I like. If we can talk and be on topic and have some fun and see some videos. Um, I also love that now we're, what are we? We're at like video 25 or something now. 26. 26. That We've got a rhythm where kind of wherever the show goes, we, we still get to have fun with it. Um, but I wanted to start with. Well, this, see, I don't need this one as a lead-in anymore. I'm going to show it anyway because I have it. Do it. Let's do so it. There's, there's going to be this thing that I said where you get parents and you got to take the kids for a walk. <laughs> and, and... <laughs> they are. Mm -hmm. but, but, you know, some parents are strict. Some parents are loose. These guys aren't even allowed to cross the street without mom. And, and I remember being a kid where I wasn't allowed to cross the street without holding mom's hand. So, so there's a parallel. But then the fun that part is adorable here's the adorable part when they get away from the city because sometimes moms if you were a parent would you be a strict parent are you one of those parents where you're like well i hope they don't break a bone but i gotta let them do what they want to do so i'm not so controlling well my experience as an aunt you're asking me yeah well my experience as a bubble wrap kind of parent you think you would be or you'd be like break a bone have fun well, it's it's kind of hard because you will want to be the perfect parent, but when the, situa the situation shows up, if you're tired, whatever, then you may be less or more prone to to participate on whatever they need. But being an aunt and spending so much time with my nieces, with my niece and nephew, so much time that I became the type of parent, who, or the type of aunt who will be more of the educational type of person. <laughs> So okay. let's talk about this. So then let's explore these that way and then let them 
figured out the deactive basically yeah. basically the do you see i almost switched to spanish <laughs> um <laughs> that's so funny same word so they will teach them the technical and then they'll do the practical kind of thing that was kind of the anti was and more like you know i understand you need to learn to care for yourself because okay. otherwise if i tell you how to do everything you're never going to explore it and say i understand why this happens or doesn't happen okay so we're going to get more back into the the wild child let the kid have fun or wrap them in bubble wrap and not let them go anywhere so i think those are two different parenting styles and i think they change sometime first kid maybe you're a little more protective or you're a little more loose depending on how things go you switch it up well that happens within this within animal species also because the last clip we just saw kids couldn't even cross the street without basically holding mom's hand she was like no no we're going down the sidewalk you gotta wait well when it comes to wild boars sometimes mom takes the other perspective and she's like you know what you go out and have a boy Oh my god. Is she pushing them? <laughs> They're still what coming. Look at that. She's got a pack of eight of them that are just having fun. I think that was probably also part of just uh, moving around, but that one that one looks more like a it's that one looks more like a warhog. Maria, you're ruining the story. I'm just trying to make a point. <laughs> I have a narrative. Let me stick with it here. You already took me into educational when I wanted bubble wrap or crazy. No, you can't go there. <laughs> I was going to dissect the video and it's unnecessary. He is a warthog, another animal. I was trying to stay in the, the pig-ish family to make my point. The babies are stripey. It felt like maybe this other one's a warthog too. They both got stripey babies. And some tusks. They do. Actually, most of the pigs, even though they may be different, their babies are usually very similar. Okay. All right. Had Maria not said anything, you guys would have never noticed. And then. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, guys. We all know that Maria enjoys doing video forensics. I should have assumed that you were going to pick that out and I wasn't going to get away with it. No, but I don't think it's a warhog. I don't know. The, the animals look pretty uh, pretty close to me. Hey, guys, comments below. The two clips, is that the same animal? Or are they different animals? Are you Team Ryan? Same pig or different? Same, same or different? <laughs> well, we'll have some fun with it. <laughs> I don't know because I didn't see any um, tusks. So then I, as soon as I said that, I was like, yeah, I don't think so. That's different males to females and stuff too, though. So we don't know. Yeah, but warhogs have the flatter face. We're gonna let the comments decide, Maria. <laughs> Even if they're wrong, they're right. I mean, we're gonna whoever. I don't know when we're gonna end this poll. It'll go to eternity, so no one's ever gonna win. But whatever the comments say is what it is. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. So the parallels we're trying to draw, though, is it is interesting how how animals they are a lot like us. I mean, you could pick different aspects for different animals. Some are more caring, some are, I mean, whatever you want to grab and stuff. But as a parent, animal or not, there just gets to a certain point where you just, you just need a break. You're like, okay, I just, I don't want to be a parent today, or I don't want to be a parent this half hour. Um, and if you don't have that, that troop that you're talking about, where you've got that community, or if the community's out doing something else, Sometimes you can kind of just look on some parent's face 
like in Walmart or going through the store and you're like, yeah, yeah, she's she's right at about her wit's end. <laughs> and you know what? It happens in the animal kingdom too. Sometimes, sometimes you're just kind of done with it. You're like, no, no climbing the tree. No, I said no climbing the tree. <laughs> Henry, Henry, no, stop it. No more tree. Can somebody come over here and take care of their child? <laughs> Or my That's child. actually very adorable. It is. It really is. <laughs> oh, off he goes. They, their <laughs> monkeys are adorable. <laughs> like, uh, come on. <laughs> and the thing is, the primates they evolve at like they uh, they are at a different time. Some take longer, something shorter to yeah. to uh, really get a grasp of what they're doing. But mm. it's just so adorable, and they're primates. Where was it that I was watching a video about um, they have a caste system. Okay. And uh, one of the higher castes stole a baby from a lower caste and she okay. couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. So she's like, so they were recording this whole thing and they're like speculating about what she's going to do because she cannot ask for help. Unfortunately, because she was a lower caste. Yeah. But the other, the other young, um, you know, primate wanted to have, and it, it looked like like uh, one of um, I can't think of the name. It's not a macaque, it's not a whatever. Very similar, and um, so what she did throughout the video they showed you what she tried to do. So what she played was the community card. Okay. So she kind of chased her up, and and the young female was like, no, I want to have this baby, and you can clearly tell that she had no clue how to hold it. She was like yeah. holding it with one leg as it was climbing through. Uh, because it was part of a city city situation okay. where they were. So what she did is she played the community card. One thing that primates love to do is to groom. Yes. That's one thing that they love. So what she did, she's like, I'm going to groom you. So she started grooming her, grooming her. The young female relaxed. She was able to grab her baby, kept mm. grooming the female. And that was it. There was no yes. bite. Mm -hmm. It was so beautiful. Yes. So basically what you're telling us is that a monkey kidnapped another monkey and the ransom payment was a massage. That's basically what I'm hearing. And she couldn't ask for the authorities to help her. It sounds like a movie. Like this is, yeah. this is. It's okay. All right. Write that script. That's, you know. <laughs> it's already written like a gazillion times. <laughs> I can almost imagine Liam Nielsen trying to look for when they kidnap his daughter and this is the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, taken or taken two or taken three or I don't know what number they're up to now. There's a or lot taken of for a spin, but in this case. <laughs> crappy parent. I mean, how many times your kid's going to get taken, man? Jeez. Let's keep a better eye on them. Put a GPS on them or something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was very fascinating to watch. And I think they were macaws who were doing this and it just, it was cool. I believe, I believe a macaw is a bird, Maria. You might be thinking of macaques. That would be a monkey. <laughs> would be like a parrot type animal. That would be that. Um. <laughs> you are right. Is that macaque? Yes. See, last episode I couldn't come up with jellyfish, but I got a <laughs> macaque. Yes. <laughs> oh, round of applause. Round of applause. <laughs> yes. oh, oh, no, no. We're not going to get tired cheesy. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> um, I think one of the interesting things too is sometimes the animals that that we kind of look at as 
maybe not the prettiest of animals. Um, there's, I hate to think this way, but there's pretty animals and there's kind of not pretty animals. Yeah, attractive, um, not attractive, plain, colorful. Yeah. Okay, but some some like animals you're just kind of like, eh, yeah. like you know, some people think of rats that way and and snakes or whatever it might be. But sometimes the ugliest animals are also the best parents. I don't know okay. where that connection is or why, but, uh, and we have yet to solve our possum versus opossum debates. Uh, cause we, I have not gone to go look at the I comments did. on the previous video at the possum versus opossum, but this is a possum opossum, uh, parenting. Oh, look how cute she is. I, clearly, you don't want to be in either of those yards. I don't know if there's like dogs or such, or this is just the easiest passage. Uh, but that's putting in some parenting work right there. I, I tell you, those marsupials are incredible. Mm -hmm. And when I saw this the first time of this possum opossum walking on the wooden fence with, what is that, like seven babies on her back? Seven, I was counting them, yep. Okay. I thought that was pretty impressive. But then I kept looking, and unfortunately, this is not a very talented possum opossum. This <laughs> opossum opossum. This is a talented possum opossum. Because now we're introducing electricity into the mixture and wires, and man, they are. Uh oh, yeet! Whoop. <laughs> I'm gonna have a heart attack here. We got Maria a little bit. Now, the beautiful thing is there are two different breeds, uh, species of, of marsupials of the opossum family. So mm -hmm. this could be the European or the Southern, like, I don't know, like the possum that you show at first, that's the American opossum. Yeah, there's also like the Virginia possum. And yeah. I was trying to do a little bit of research, but I don't want to take away if it's possum or opossum. Doesn't, doesn't so make I want you guys to... the parenting feat anymore. Uh... Imagine if you had seven kids and you said, pile on my back while I walk you across this uh, wading river or something. That's not happening. <laughs> no, no. And the cool thing is that South American possums, they're smaller. To okay. me, they're so adorable. Okay. I find beautiful the North American that are very white and really large. They're just so beautiful and they're so important for the, for the ecosystem. Every animal is, though. That's the thing. Uh, ugly, pretty, your perception of them, not... Uh, it's a web. It's it's tied together, and you take out an element, and the system doesn't work anymore. The chain breaks. Mm -hmm. You've got a car, and you take out a part of it. It's not going to work or not work as well. I mean, there's just it's all tied together, whether we we want to see it or not. Um, but we have information there. If you really want to reduce the tick population anywhere, uh, like people who have cattle or people who just you know just want to reduce the plague, 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 the plagues that, that can roam around and can give you diseases, possums are your friends. Like they okay. literally will attract and they love to devour ticks to the point that even deer ask for assistance from the possums to help them clean them of ticks. That's yeah. how amazing they are. I mean, you get the same thing with like aphids in your yard and there's so many animals that people think are ugly or invasive. And they serve a purpose, and a lot of times they serve a much larger purpose than you realize. Because, for example, if you took the bees off of the face of the earth, the earth would not last very long. They no. do a lot of the pollinating. They do a lot of the stuff that you 
that they're the bottom of the chain that starts to go. They're not pollinating flowers that aren't eaten by something, and then it works all the way up. Like, bees are probably... Like, it's funny because it's the small animals. Mosquitoes are the biggest killers on the planet, and bees are probably one of the most important species on the entire planet. But they're just But there's little... so many varieties of mm -hmm. bees. People only think of the um, mulliferas, which are the ones that produce honey, but there are so many species of bees that are so impressive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and mosquitoes. I have something about mosquitoes. The female mosquitoes right here and it's really annoying and i can't stop scratching it but go ahead go ahead say something nice about them while i look for the one in my room um, um so female mosquitoes are the only ones who bite you they are the, they need to so talking of parenting is actually pretty relevant because they are the ones who need to nourish their eggs so that they can reproduce the males on the other hand are incredible pollinators so if you ever wonder why mosquitoes are so valuable, it's because of the pollinators mm -hmm. and they help pollinate flowers. And so they're also very important. I'm, I'm sorry, and I have to do this, but you're wrong. I'm sorry. You're 100% wrong. It's, About it's what? Mosquitoes, they don't bite you. They actually pierce you with their proboscis. It's, it's not like <laughs> teeth. They just needle. You're right. You're right. And suck. So they do not bite you. And then your whole argument after that fell apart just because you're one main lead in. Okay. Everything else was right, but the biting. <laughs> I'm going to serve myself some tea after that okay. one. Okay. It's 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 a little bit like the, uh, the poison versus venom debate. I forget the differentiation. People mix yes. up poison and venom. Um, venom is injected. Okay. That's so like a snake is poisonous and the venom, um, no, snakes are venomous. Okay. Now I'm confused. <laughs> but yes, snakes are. <laughs> While you're, you're dealing with your confusion. <laughs> poisonous the... dart frogs, poisonous dart frogs and venomous snakes. That's and what the skin is. is what's poisonous on the dart frogs. So yeah, you're right. One is actually a bite injection. Um, yes. And to help you mold this over and make sure that you really cemented that idea in your head, every once in a while, I just throw like in a ball a, constrictor, mold it over. Yeah, I just I throw in a fun for Maria video, and, uh, and you mean the possum wasn't enough to torture me? That was no. no. And then this one is his parenting. You you have those days, like I said, where you just you've had enough. Okay. And then you have those days where you're not in the best mood and you're kind of down, but the kids like. The kids are up and they have high energy and they actually kind of bring you up with them. You're like, okay. you know what? My kids are amazing. Look at them. They can look at the world and they're not worried about taxes and they're not worried about this or that or the other. They're just enjoying the world and their environment and just the being around that energy kind of picks you up. Um, and the same thing happens in the animal world. Sometimes, okay. sometimes you need your little. <laughs> You Can you be any more adorable? <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, fine. Fine, we can play. Mariah She's adorable. Look what she plays with her baby. I'm going to sit on it. How much you want to yes. bet? Yes. Oh, she's going to lay down right on kid. Okay. That was nice. That was. Oh, she's, she's playing with it. Yep. Oh! Mm -hmm. Big Jaguar and baby Black Jaguar hanging out and playing. Oh, that makes me so happy. Like I to me, yeah, you're not. You're right. <laughs> I think everybody knows what my animals are. 
but I was learning yesterday about a cat called the Joffrey Joffrey cat. Okay. And the Joffrey cat is actually from the family of the leopards. And it's a tiny South American cat, like the okay. size of a regular cat. And I was okay. just so shocked because I thought it would be Pantera, but no, it was leopard something. So okay. Leopardo Joffrey. And it's just a tiny cat. It's actually smaller than than the little Pantera Onca there. And it's just, so I had to say something. Okay. About yeah. South American amazing cats. The Joffrey <laughs> cat. <laughs> there are a lot of them. There, there are a lot of wild, like, house cat-sized animals, too, that are, that are pretty cool. Amazing. Um, amazing. I think one of the other things, too, that's important. So, you know, you got to take the kids out and, and get them out and get them exercising, go for a walk, maybe let them or not let them cross the street. You have days where you just kind of, ah, you're not into it. You, you got the monkey, you're holding it by the tail, and you're just like, you know, that's, it, and then there's days where you're just kind of in full mom mode. Like, let's pile them all on the back. Let's get where we need to go. Let's pile them all in the minivan. Let's, let's get everybody. <laughs> she's the minivan. <laughs> Basically, she's the, yes, she is the, uh, the, the minivan. <laughs> the epitome of a minivan. What are, are possums, opossums, uh, are they rodents? Are they, they're not marsupials. Marsup they are marsupials. They got pouches. They're marsupials. Okay. Well, they don't have pouches per se, but they they kind of grab and then they develop on top. It's not like uh, when you think of a Tasmanian devil, okay. uh, they're also marsupials. And they're like several, several joeys that are born and they have to fight. Like they literally fight yeah. Yeah. for survival from the moment they're born. They're, that's how aggressive they are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Most marsupials are like that, though. They got to like get out of the pouch and then to the, the milk supply and then back into the pouch. And, and that journey doesn't always go well for, and then- No, the because they're only six and you yeah. have 50 joeys. So mm -hmm. what are you gonna do? And then they're fighting amongst each other on top of that. So uh, yeah, that, uh, but one of the other key parts of being a parent is making sure your kids are safe. And sometimes things happen, accidents happen, natural disasters happen. And you're the one who's gonna come to the rescue in a way that you don't know what's around. You've got to use whatever your resources are. You got to look around and make sure your children are taken care of to the best of your ability. And this guy, I don't know where he found this piece of wood, but this chicken is the most ingenious animal I have ever seen. In my oh life. my gosh. That's a beautiful rooster, by the way. That is a flood and a rooster and two chicks floating on some piece of someone's house or something. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah, yeah, that is a that's impressive. Yes, in a very flooded area. Um, yeah, super impressive. <laughs> yeah, major flood too. Major flood. Wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, survival is just incredible. And sometimes, even if you are potential enemies, uh, different species, like you were showing about the crocodile and birds and things like that, mm -hmm. even though they're perceived as enemies, when there is a major need all those things like get thrown onto the table. Like, okay, we're not gonna do that anymore until we can um, go back to normal. Yeah, I mean, you, it's kind of like a, a base movie trope, right? Like we'll set our differences aside for the survival. And then after that, we'll be enemies again. Taken three, 25. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, put an ankle monitor on that kid. What are we doing here, people? <laughs> 
I feel bad. I haven't seen the three, four, and ten of it. <laughs> I'm just assuming if it's taken in the first two, his kid gets kidnapped. I don't know. Maybe his mom gets taken in the third one, and like his aunt in the fourth. I don't know who keeps getting taken. But... No, but I think uh, in some of them, it becomes the the wife of someone else, or okay, it's just. It's just something like that. Private investigator at that point, where he's just like, "Oh, I know how to deal with people that are taken." Yes, literally. Okay. They've taken into account when they hire him. Oh, okay. All right. So they've okay, and then he's taken their money to do the job. Of course. Okay. For the people, for the people, and save them from those bad people, those who are taken. Gotcha. Okay. Of the people, for the people, give me the hundred dollar bill that says that on it somewhere. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate. It. <laughs> I think I think it takes a lot more of those hundred bills for the taken to be returned. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, <laughs> you guys have seen the series of movies. Please fill us in on kind of what happens episode to episode. She's like, okay, uh, daughter taken, daughter taken, random stranger taken, aunt taken. Just you know, nice little quick. I don't want to spend the time. I'd rather be looking for animal videos and having fun than go to. IMDb and read the the uh, synopsis of the Taken movies. Um, <laughs> I'd rather I'd rather watch the Fast and Furious if we're gonna go with that. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Well, I hope you guys were uh, pleasantly taken uh, by surprise and, and had fun with the with the episode. <laughs> dun, dun, uh, guys, do us a favor. Uh, it really helps a lot to uh, support the show if you uh, subscribe. If you're catching us on YouTube. Um, if you're catching us on an audio podcast or even Spotify video podcast, we'll hopefully be on there soon if we're not already. Um, but please follow us, subscribe, and as always, leave us comments. We love to read your guys' perspectives and opinions on stuff. And uh, and who's right about the pig? That, uh, what was that? And who's right about the pig? Is it the same pig, different pig? Oh, yeah. No, that's already. So if you guys are a little bit new to the show, what happens is any question we come up with during the show... Um, or any photos we reference and stuff that we just don't have on hand right away. We have a community posts and we have it everywhere. You guys go wherever you're comfy, wherever you like, mm -hmm. Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, um, even Patreon. There's We've got everything in the free section for that kind of stuff in Patreon. So you guys can go over there and, and chime in on the polls, the questions, see the photos we talked about. All that stuff's there. Um, interact. And like I said, we love... The community is what we're trying to build. You guys talking to each other, sharing photos with us, information we love to learn. Uh, we're not just here to kind of, we're we're the ringmasters probably more than anything, but we definitely want to be part of the community. So uh, you guys get a chance, go over to those locales and we will catch you guys later. Thank you so much. Our monkeys, our circus. <laughs> <laughs>